0: Today, the message is entitled Impressed, Impressed, and this is number 15 in Restoring the Soul, and this should be my last message on this series within a series about the prophetic. And today, especially, we're going to be talking about being God's messenger, being God's messenger. So impressed, let me pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your word, that your word gives us life, that you've called each one of us to be messengers, that when you poured out your spirit, you poured your spirit upon all people and you called your sons and daughters to prophesy. Those who are free and those who are not free, you called us all to speak your word with authority and power, we're asking that this morning you pour out your spirit, that you would teach us in your word so that we could be bold in sharing the words you have given us. And that you teach us how, Father. Give me the grace to share what you want me to share this morning. Amen. Amen. You can turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Um. What's that? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pray in a second. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thanks for keeping us in check. <laughs> you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Put your hands on your hearts. Thanks to Fran. <laughs> Let's pray this nice and loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. 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 So Jeremiah chapter 1, it's going to be up on the screen soon, but before we get to it, today we'll learn how to receive a message from God and how God makes His messengers, how He makes us into His messengers. The theme the Father has put on my heart is seals, not oof, woof, oof, seals, you know but like seals, like wax seals. And I have my seal-making kit here, and I've got a little bit of a message in it uh, that I'll share near the second part. Yeah, that's what it, I don't know if you can see. That's what it looks like. And, oh, where's my my, uh, fire? Valerie gave me some. Uh, some a pointer before I left and she said this one works and never works when you want it to work she said this one works really good (laughs) but we'll talk about that soon so the theme of the father has put on my heart is seals and I'll be sharing two of my latest infographics that I made for today So let's get into Jeremiah chapter 1. And you'll know this. This is quite well known. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. The word of the Lord came to me. This is to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. So let's talk about this a little bit. I want to bring out some things. Here's God's calling of Jeremiah, but Remember, today is Pentecost Sunday. We're remembering what God has done on the day of Pentecost, but it still goes on today. God still is pouring out his spirit today. That's the time period we are in in history. We're in the time period of God pouring out his spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter explains what's happening on the day of Pentecost, and he says, in the last days... So we are in the last days. Those last days began with Jesus' coming, death, and resurrection. And here, Peter is quoting from the prophet Joel and says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So he's not leaving out people. It's not for just the priests or the prophets or the kings. But it's for all people and it's for the common people as well as the ones who are known to be leaders, but the Holy Spirit is for all. It goes on to say, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Notice how it says sons and daughters, not just sons. But your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So going back to what we've been talking about, what is prophecy? Prophecy is more than just the prophetic utterance where we say, thus says the Lord, or the Lord says this. That's important, and that gift uh, we want to cultivate and protect. But it's also when we share the word of God, it's prophecy. Uh, Daniel was here last week, and he did these prophetic paintings in which there was a message in them. What I want to say is prophecy comes in different forms. You may be praying, then all of a sudden you start prophesying. It comes in different forms. It can come in stories. It can come in parables. But prophecy is speaking God's word to the situation at hand. What, God, what the Holy Spirit wants to say through his people. And this prophetic ministry is important. God poured out his spirit so that he could speak to his people. But we normally, when it comes to speaking God's word, we normally react like Jeremiah reacted. Look at how, how he reacted. The Lord says, and this is beautiful, the Lord says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I, knew, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There's a little H in there that's not supposed to be there. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So the Lord had called him even as he was forming him and before he was forming him, before he was forming him in the womb, so he knew him. And how does Jeremiah... React, it's aha in Hebrew, but they have it, alas, in, in the uh, English version here. Aha, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, and I am too young. So notice he is holding back. Notice he's fearful, he's holding back, he's withdrawing himself. And notice how he's coming up with an excuse. And when it comes to God calling us and for us to speak, speak, or step out and do his will, we often have excuses. Is that not right? We have excuses. I'm too young. I can't do it. But the Lord said, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Interesting here, those who are studying at Bible school, uh, the word of the Lord came to me the word came in Hebrew is quite interesting. It's not the usual word for came, "came," which is "bo." It is hayah. And this is where Yahweh's name comes from. Yahweh's name comes from hayah. And here we see how hayah is used. It's this coming, this encounter. We find that John talks about this in the book of Revelation. He says, the one who was who is, and then you would think he would say will be, because or, or he who is, who was, and will be, but he says something different, bringing out the Hebrew a nuance of the name of Yahweh. He brings out he was, he is, and he is to come. God is a God who comes, and it's not that, It's going to happen one day later. Yes, Jesus is going to return physically from the sky. He's going to come back. But he comes to us today also. And how he comes to us, how the Lord comes to us today is by his Holy Spirit. By pouring out his Holy Spirit, by his Holy Spirit moving and flowing through his people. This is how he comes to us. So it, we look forward to the day where Jesus returns physically, rules and reigns on earth, but also we realize that he's, his very nature is to come to us. His very nature is to be with us. His very nature is to pour his spirit out on us, which removes our excuses because we say, well, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. I'm, some people say, well, you know, I'm a female, and there's no females that are allowed to speak in church. You know, I answered that question. Boy, did that have some controversy on the uh, Facebook? If you see all the, the responses oh, yeah. and people who did not like that I said women uh, should preach, and uh, yeah, well, okay, they can preach on the streets, but not in the church. Uh, different things like that. But interestingly, we have women preaching in the Bible, and we read the Bible in church, so that should answer (laughs) our arguments. It's just got to be, basically, let me make it simple, it just has to be done rightly with respect, with honor, uh, respecting the people, respecting authority, not trying to cause uh, disruption it just has to be done rightly that was Paul's heart and it has to do with the men too with prophesying everybody we should everybody should be living in submission to one another so that there's decency in this order and you wouldn't want somebody like speaking like say for example Daniel was speaking last week and then somebody feels a word on their heart it's oh I gotta share it I gotta share it uh, Daniel move aside I have the word of the Lord and takes the anointing oil, and I have the anointing, and starts to pray for people. You know what? That's happened a lot of times, even though we may think, really? That's happened a lot of times. It's even mentioned in the Jesus Revolution movie where you see the one guy trying to take over, and he's, he's, uh, he's oh, I have the gifts of the Spirit, but it's not done properly. And so you see, you see the, one of the main characters starting to go off course. Well, that's happened in many churches, and I've seen it happen. In meetings and I've seen and I've heard it happening and what Paul is warning us about is we just we've got to do things humbly rightly decently in order uh, not with a proud spirit but getting back to Jeremiah chapter 1 the Lord is going to take away his excuses he tells them don't say that I'm too young You've got to go wherever I'm sending you and say what I'm commanding you. And then before how I mentioned the word of the Lord came to him, hi-ya, came to him. It was an encounter. So the word of the Lord is an encounter that changes us and that causes God's purpose and will to happen in us. And we've got to say yes, Lord, to that. This Passage goes on and it says, do not be afraid of them. So one of the greatest things that keeps us from sharing the word of God is fear. We're fearful. We're used to someone else doing it. But the Lord says, do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you. So God is with us so that we can be his people, so that we can commune with him so that we can do his work. And then it says, and we'll rescue you. Now, this is what you find when you share God's word, is you often need rescuing. Why? Because demonic spirits don't like you sharing the word, so they come and they try to attack you. And also people, people will attack you. And so Jeremiah needed constant rescuing. But the Lord said, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of the resistance. I will rescue. Rescue you. So God is the God who rescues us, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched his mouth. Now, let me read it as, it, as it's uh, literally said here. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Notice the power of the word being spoken, the power of the word being, being spoken. I have put my words in your mouth and those words, the power of the word of God in our mouth. What does it do? It gives us authority. He says, I've pointed you over nations and it uproots and tears down, it destroys and overthrows, it builds and plants. Well, what needs to be uprooted? False thinking, strongholds, the the work of the enemy. Things need to be uprooted. Things need to be teared down. Things need to be destroyed and overthrown through the word of God. And that's why people resist the word of God at times, because they don't want their kingdom being uprooted. They don't want their kingdom being overthrown. They don't want anything uprooted, sin uprooted out of their hearts. But then there's something more, and this is how it ends, to build and to plant. So God's word does uproot. It does tear down, but it also builds and plants. And it builds and plants what God wants. It, It expands his kingdom. It causes his house to be built up. And this is why we need to speak God's word. And we see the power of Jeremiah's word all throughout the book of Jeremiah. You can read it. So now moving forward here, we have our theme of seals. Let's look at a few of these uh, verses. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Isn't that good? He, God makes us to stand firm in Christ. Yes. So it's, it's him, it's his work that makes us stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. It's not just the pastors, the leaders, it's everyone. That's the, one of the major messages of the day of Pentecost and now in the new covenant is everyone is anointed. There's a lot of talk in Pentecostal churches, oh, that person's anointed, that person's not anointed. It's like a, some type of competition. And uh, But if you are genuinely saved, you are anointed. So you're anointed, just like the priests were anointed, just like the prophets were anointed, just like the kings were anointed. You are anointed, and you're anointed to do the Father's will and his work. He has anointed us. And that anointing is part of this seal that he he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. So I want to say that one again, set his seal of ownership on us so that we are his. Now, if a letter was being sent by an authority to somebody and they wanted that letter to be authenticated and carry authority. They would put their, A king would put their seal on the letter and that seal would be a unique seal and because that seal was on it, you would take those words seriously because you know those words are coming from a king. Someone didn't forge it. It was his own private seal. It came from the king himself. And so this is what... The scripture is telling us that the Lord set his seal of ownership on us, that we are his. And notice how this goes together with the Holy Spirit and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So let me say that again. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Also, you would put a seal on something to keep it fresh, to keep, uh, to keep it locked so that it was not tampered with and somebody did not change the message inside. So seals were important in Scripture, and they often appear in Scripture, and you find the seals in the book of Revelation. Lots of seals in the book of Revelation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and... You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So what is this seal? It's the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the seal. So the Holy Spirit acts like glue. It acts like a seal. It keeps us locked and fresh and authentic and gives us authority. So we have been marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And that happened when you believed. When you believed, so this is not something that we earn or work for. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Handmade. We're handmade by God. (laughs) And what does Ephesians 4.30 say? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve him. Don't, don't, Don't make him upset. And how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By doing things our way. We grieve him through unforgiveness and and bitterness and sin, and when we're not submitted to God, that's how we grieve the Holy Spirit. and And here it says, "Do not grieve, do not upset the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption." And this is this week. This is one of the uh, times I was impressed. The message is entitled "Impressed." Right? And this is one of the times I was impressed was, there's uh, Valerie's in there. There's Valerie. <laughs> I don't know if you can. There's Valerie. There were 70, 70 kids in her choir that she's a part of. And there was five schools that came together to sing. And when they sang, I was so impressed. Anna and I were in tears during the concert. It was a really beautiful concert. It wasn't like the violins. Eh, 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 eh. And you're like holding your, ear, you're holding your ears and you're like, oh, that was good. <laughs> this was authentically good. It was impressive. And even one of them got up and these are, Valor is nine years old. So these are kids that were young. They're young. And uh, one person got up and they said, and, this, and they're going to sing in Hebrew in this song. This was another school. And so they were singing, hallelujah, amen. And I said to Anna, Oh, yeah, that must be their Hebrew, hallelujah, amen, because you know those are Hebrew words, right? <laughs> but then they actually broke out in full-on Hebrew. asherah, asherah, Ashira. That means I sing, I sing, La Adonai, I sing to the Lord. So I was so impressed, and it went on more than that. The kids were singing, young kids were singing Hebrew. They were Valerie, they were singing Spanish, and I was impressed. And it was so such a touching moment. You know, you have those times in your life that are touching moments where your heart is blessed. Well, this was one of those times, uh, and that's yeah. I was impressed by that. Thank you, Valerie. And this is a couple more pictures from recent. This is our new cat, Sonny. And I did a morning thought. There's Eva with Sonny. And there's Valerie. And she did this cartoon, but it's a little bit hard to see. But it says, uh, yeah, let me move this here. Be my chair, human. That's <laughs> That's what Valerie made that cartoon. Be my chair, human. Well, I had this unusual experience where God's, the Father spoke to me unusually this week. It was on Friday. Because the cat keeps on trying to break out of the house, and it's just an indoor uh, cat now, Anna had put the cat in my study while I was uh, praying and having my devotions to the Lord. So the cat was in my study, so the cat would be uh, not running out into the streets, right? And so the, then the cat came and was right, right on the table, right in front of me. You know how cats do that, you know? The cat was right on the table, and so I was petting the cat and having my time with the Lord, reading the scripture, and I really wanted the cat to stay there, and I was enjoying the cat's presence. But then a thought came into my head. If I open the door to my study, not to outside, but to my study, will the cat stay or will the cat go? And so, oh, let's see, a little experiment. I got up, I opened the door. Guess what happened? You may have read it. The cat darted out the door. And then the Lord spoke to me about open doors, because a lot of Christians have a, a weird theology that's developed in their, their heads about open doors. If God opens up a door, you run through it. And um, if there's an opportunity, take it. It's, it's a sign from God. But what the Father said to me is not every open door is from me. And uh, just as I wanted the cat to stay there and just be with the cat, the Lord wants us to stay with him, to be in communion with him, to just love to be in his presence. And that the Father opens up doors many times to test our hearts to see if we're just going to be like that immature cat. You know, the cat's only about five months old. like To be like one of these immature cats where the door's open, it's like, whatever opportunity I can get, I'm bolting. Or are are we going to just stay with God and ask him, Father, what do you want? And do we really just enjoy the Father's presence and being with him, or are we just in, in this thing for the excitement of what's the next new thing? Now, I'm all for adventure. I'm all for excitement. But the, the Father, most of all, wants us to be submitted to him, to enjoy his presence, to not see every open door as a, uh, something to run through, but as a test. Father, what do you want me to do? Uh, this is what it means to wait for the Lord. Now, to wait for the Lord or to wait on the Lord is not like just waiting for a bus to come. You never wait for a bus or a train to come. You sit there, you're on the bench, and you're waiting for the train to come, and then it comes, and then you get on the train. But to wait for the Lord is not just waiting for something to happen. The idea of waiting on the Lord is like it is, is waiting with him, being with him. You understand? Not, not just waiting for something to happen. It's being with him, waiting with him. And, of course, we're waiting for him to speak to us. We're waiting for him to uh, guide us. But more than that, we're waiting just to be with him, just to enjoy his presence. That's what it means to wait on God. Not just kind of waiting for something uh, outward to happen, but we, we want to interact with him. Are you with me here? And all this from a cat. <laughs> running out the door, <laughs> there's, there's Sonny, and we, Eddie, the, the cats brought us a lot of, a lot of joy, a lot of um, fun, but also keeps us on our toes. <laughs> so that, this brings me to this infographic here, how to receive a message from God. How to Receive a Message from God. Now, this will be uh, free for the next week. You can download it from the Inspiration Fire store. If you can't remember that name, uh, you just go to www.brisbanefire.com. And if you go to brisbanefire.com, there's the online store. You click on that. You can download this for free over the next week. There's going to be two on there. uh, And I'm going to be sharing this first one, then the second one and uh, then, yeah, you can just download it, and you can have it on. Oh, what is that? Is that the the birthday party? Isn't it good to hear the sounds of life, right? (laughs) Birthday party and kids and everything. It sounded like it was coming from this TV here and from the speaker. I was like, where is that sound coming from? (laughs) So how to receive a message from God. Now, why do we all need to hear this? God wants to... Share his messages through you, not just through me. So how to receive a message from God? Melted. Yeah, we're going to be talking about melting too. (laughs) So first, the S is seek his face. Seek his face. Seeking his face is seeking God for who he is. And that's why I shared what I just shared before, is we need to have a heart to seek God for who he is. So seeking his face is seeking God for who he is. It's a desire to discover him for himself, to gaze at his beauty, and to talk with him face to face rather than from a distance, to be so close to him that we hear his whisper. So every message from God should flow out of intimacy. Every message from God should flow out of intimacy. And Daniel shared this scripture this week, I mean last week. Daniel shared this scripture last week. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. So that's Psalm 27, 8. I'll say that again. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. This all spells seal, so that's the first one. As to seek his face. The E. The E is eagerly desire. And this is coming from 1 Corinthians 14.1. Eagerly desire to prophesy, knowing that God works through his word. That's how he created all things. And by his word, he continually forms his people into his image. Paul said, pursue love, yet Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So you want to get a word from God, but you first just want to seek his face and, and, and be with him and just, as you're with him, you start reflecting who he is. And from there, you want to eagerly desire, eagerly desire, Lord, what do you want to say? Eagerly, desi- I want to prophesy. I want to speak prophetically. I want to speak what you want to speak, so you eagerly desire it. This brings, brings us to A. Now, hopefully, all the sounds in the background aren't too distracting. <laughs> so the A is ask, and it goes with eagerly desire. Ask the Father what he specifically wants to say for the occasion. So this is something I'll do uh, all the time. I'll be... Uh, you know, praying and say, Father, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to your people? What do you want to say this Sunday? What do you want to say? What do you want me to teach at Bible school? So this is a question that I'm always asking. And I find that the father always answers this question. Sometimes he comes instantly and sometimes you have to wait. Uh, But ask the father, you're called on to speak. And uh, there'll be occasions where you're called on to speak, whether in this church or in other places or for an event. And you want to ask, Father, what, what do you have? What do you want me to share? Your goal is to speak God's word for those people at that time, rather than rehash an old message. So sometimes people go into their archive and say, oh, this is good. They just pull out what God spoke to them in the past. But what I want to encourage you is to be prophetic and just don't pull out what you said in the past, but seek God for what he wants to say for that occasion. And it may be something from the the past, and he may have you tweak it a, a bit, but you really want what's on God's heart for that time. And that makes a huge difference. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you, Matthew 7, 7. And this brings us to the L. The L is listen, let and love. So after you ask, wait and listen, you won't know when the message will come, but be expectant. You don't know exactly when the message will come or when you're going to encounter the word of the Lord. But when you're doing these things, you put yourself in the right place and position to hear from God. And so <laughs> you wait and you listen, even through all the noise and the distractions. <laughs> <laughs> After you ask, wait and listen. You won't know when the message will come, but be expectant. Then be self-controlled and let God speak through you at the right time. So what often happens is if somebody encounters the word of God, often they think, I need to share it right this moment, right this moment. But then you need to submit your spirit to the Lord and say, when is this for? And many times I'll have an arrow that the Lord gives me, a message that's like an arrow. But he says, put it in your quiver and wait for the right time to release it. So I must have re- I received the heart of what I'm sharing with you probably a month or so ago. And, uh, but he had, it, it was like working in me for a while before I had the, um, the word to actually release it. And so when you encounter God, then you need that self-control. Especially if you like receive a word and you're you're on you know you're on your seat, you receive a word and someone's speaking already. Wait for the right time to share it. Ask the Lord, well, what time do you want me to share? It? Do you want me to share it in this meeting? Do you want me to share it an, a, a week? Uh, sometimes God gives me a word and I haven't I don't share it for a year or two. So knowing the timing of God is so critical. So also, so listen, listen and be self-controlled, and then let, listen, and then let God speak to you. And then make sure you do it in love, right? In love, share with a heart full of Jesus love. Because there's a lot of people that are sharing, they think it's the word from God, maybe part of it's a word from God, but they're angry, they're bitter, they're upset, they're offended by something, and so what's coming out of their heart is they're angry, they're bitter, they're upset, and that's not good. And it's mixed with the word of God but it's not good to be sharing out of this angry, offended heart. So share with a heart full of Jesus' love. The Father said, this is my beloved Son, listen to Him. So it begins by listening, and that's the seal infographic, how to receive a message from God. Seek His face, eagerly desire, ask, listen, then L, uh, listen, let, and love. So that's the S, the E, the A, and the L. Now next semester in bible school which is begin we're coming to the last few weeks of bible school for this semester i'm sharing my last teaching tomorrow and then after sharing my last teaching the students are sharing and then our next semester begins the 7th of august and we're just working anna's just working on the postcard for that 7th of august but one of the subjects we'll be doing is creatively communicating god's word Creatively communicating God's word. So I, uh, this is just like a little bit of a primer. We'll get deeper into it, as well as other things. We're, we're focusing on the, the epistles, uh, the apostolic letters, the apostolic heart, and uh, it, sh- it will be a great semester. And I'll be coming into a time the next couple months where I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> because I'm seeking the Lord for the next semester and and the next uh, the next half of the year what is he saying? So I'm going to be coming t- into a time where I'm going to be quiet. I think next week Anna's going to share. And then I'm going to call on some people to share a message. So get ready. <laughs> uh get ready for that. So this is all this is important now I come to the last infographic graphic for today that sounds fun right (laughs) (laughs) so now this is this is critical in not just sharing the word but becoming the word how God makes his messengers how does God make his messengers? So let's get into this. And this is, I'm going to be sharing from my little seal kit here. That's the that's a seal, you know, this seal thing. And this is the wax, right? But note this wax is pretty, pretty useless unless it's cut, unless you put it to the fire. That melts it. And uh, I've got this little wax seal kit comes with these tea lights. So basically, I don't, uh, I'm not trying to actually do a wax seal here. I'm just gonna more explain it because this often doesn't work when I want it to work. But what you would do? Oh, there it goes. Well What you do is you would light the tea light. And that's to give some fire, some heat. You would cut a portion of this wax, which is very, it's very hard now. But you want to soften it. it. So you put a cut portion in this spoon here. And then, oh, it's already gone. (laughs) And then you heat up, you heat up the wax, and then the wax becomes soft, supple. And it it takes a while to... Make, make the wax soft. And then what you would do is take this and pour this on like an envelope. And that's the wax uh, liquid, liquefied. And then you would take this seal here, and you would press. You would press, press. And then uh, you press it for some time, then you'd, you'd let go. And then you would pause for a while to let the, the seal settle and and fix. So this is also how God makes his messengers. Let me explain this to you. So how God makes his messengers? Are you ready? This is the last part of the message. First, he melts us. First, he melts us. The process of making a seal is the way God makes his messengers. First, he melts you with his fire, making you soft and supple in his hands. Cold wax is useless for creating a seal. It needs the heat of the fire. And so on the day of Pentecost, we read, And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. So the fire came, and the fire comes to to melt our hearts, to make our hearts soft and supple. This is how God makes his messengers at first. This is how God makes his messengers at first, because we need to be the message, not just share the message. And it comes with him melting our hearts, and that comes by his fire. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Next. Is P, this all is M-P-P-P. M- this is my MP3 <laughs> infographic, MP3. So next he pours. So after it's, after it's melted, then it's poured. After God melts you, he pours you out. He pours you into the people and the place he has called you. And just as Jesus poured out his life on the cross, he desires you to pour yourself out for his will. Now, this is the place where God has called Anna and I to pour out our lives. (laughs) And he spoke to me to pour pour, pour myself out into Brisbane, into Australia. And wherever you are... If that's where God wants you to be, he wants you to pour yourself out. He wants you to pour yourself into your family, into your children, into your church, into the place he has placed you. So know your place, because in that place, God wants to pour. God wants to pour you out. Paul said at the end of his life, for he said this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. 2 Timothy 4.6 for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. So, Paul's whole life was being poured out. And when we're sharing the word, we don't want to just share words. We want to pour out our lives, to share our lives. We're giving ourselves, we're laying ourselves down. It's not about like some of these uh, preachers, you know, they get $10,000 for a, a speaking gig. Oh, I could use that, Lord but <laughs> I'm joking around, well, I could, but <laughs> they get 10, 15,000 for a speaking gig. They come in, they share, they share a few, a message or two, and then they whisk them out like a rock star in a limousine. Nobody ever gets to talk to them or touch them. But uh, that is not the way God wants for his servants, maybe occasionally. They'll do that. What he really is looking for is people that will pour themselves out for the people he has called them to, to pour themselves out. And that means you're giving yourself. You're pouring out what the Lord has put in you. You're pouring out your life. So how does God make his messengers? He melts us, then he pours into us, and then... Like I was saying before, he presses, he presses us. Every seal bears an image, and God's seal bears his image, Jesus Christ. So that is the image on the seal that he is pressing. And like a seal maker, like a seal maker presses their stamp on the hot wax, the Father imprints his image on you. His goal is for you to look and act like Jesus. And then uh, Romans 8, 29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed, to become conformed to the image of his Son. So did you get that? That every seal bears an image, and God's seal bears his image, Jesus Christ. That is the image. That is the sign of authenticity, that we are like Jesus that we become like Jesus. I mean, when no one's going to be absolutely perfect, but our whole goal is Jesus, to be like him. And that involves pressing. And if the, the hot act, if the hot wax had feelings when it's being pressed, it's like, ah, you're pressing me. The stress of it, the pain of it. Oh, I feel like I can't move. Yeah, because you need to be still. For the pressing to take place, there needs to be... Uh, that wax, the wax needs to be still. The wax needs to be still. And so there's that time where we need to wait. We need to be still. Allow the Lord to press his image into our souls so that we can be his messengers, be his message and not just speak his message. And this brings us to the last thing and that the Lord pauses so we see the Lord melts us, he pours in, he pours us out, he melts us, he pours us out, he presses us, but he also pauses us. Pause it. Once the seal is pressed, once the seal is pressed, the seal maker has to pause for the seal to set. Don't run out too quickly with God's message, wait. And this goes well with what was shared just before, Don't run out too quickly with God's message. Wait. Let the seal fix by resting in God's presence. Resting in God's presence. Being still before him. Waiting with him. Waiting on him. The spiritually immature rush God's ways. So the moment they encounter God, they think they have to run out and do lots of things when they really need to rest and just ask God for wisdom and let him form them, form their character. And we read in 1 Corinthians 14.32, the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. Now Paul spoke this so that everything would be done decently and with order in a uh, community meeting, in a congregate, congregation. Congregation. So the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets, and ultimately the spirit of the prophet needs to be submitted to God, the Father, and his timing. So let pausing, let being still, let waiting become part of your way of life. Are you with me here? This is how God makes his messengers. This is how the Lord has been making me all these years, <laughs> and how the Lord will be making you. He melts, he pours, he pours us out, he presses us, and then he pauses us. There's something very interesting. If you don't mind me talking for just a couple more minutes, I won't be long. Uh, there's something very interesting in the book of Ezekiel. God calls Ezekiel to speak his word, and then all of a sudden he causes his tongue to... Right after that, he causes Ezekiel's tongue to stick to the roof, roof is of his mouth so that he cannot speak, and he binds them. And here, Ezekiel has to, God just spoke to him, called him to speak his word, and now Ezekiel has to be still. I mean, much stiller than normally we have to be. He has to lay on his side for so long he can't speak. And he, he's learning, the prophet here is learning the submission of his tongue to the Lord and the submission of his life to the Lord. Not to just run and do his own thing, but to be submitted in everything he does. You can read about that in Ezekiel chapter, after chapter 3. Um, after 3, then uh, we have chapter 4. And you can read about it in chapter, chapter 4 there. I'll let you do that on your own time. But a very interesting process that the Lord brought Ezekiel through. Now, what does the seal say? What does the seal have on it? It's Jesus, you know, his image, love, love. He's pressing us with his love. And love is patient which is, it's long-suffering, and it's kind. And that's often what is missing from a lot of preaching. There's no patience. People are frustrated. I heard some preacher, you know, these reels now? The reels became really pop, have become real, really popular. And sometimes I really cringe when a, a preacher comes on. Here's this preacher, famous preacher. He's so frustrated. He's yelling at this. He's yelling at that. He's so frustrated with the people. They're not doing what he wants them to do. The... Organization is not being built like he wants it to be built, and so he's yelling at everybody. And I won't mention any names, but this can happen if we don't allow God to press us with his love. And this means love is long-suffering. It's kind. It's kind to people. It's not us thinking in our... We're not meant to think in our own head and figure out, oh, this is... This people, they're like this, and because this people, because these people are like this, I'm going to share this message with them. And so you figure it out in your head, and you share what you want to share. No, preaching is about submitting everything to God. What does He want to say? And what He wants to say may be totally different than what's on your mind for the time. And it will always be, it always be love that you're sharing with people. And it may not be so popular because maybe. Maybe lots of people want to hear the, the preacher that's ranting and raving and angry with this and angry with that. I mean, that became very popular during COVID. Everybody wanted to hear the people that were so angry with the world. But God has something else on his heart. And yet, the, the Father, he, he is he, he is grieved by things that are in the world, but we have to make sure to share what he wants us to share at the time, and not just figure it out in our flesh. Are you you with me here? And so it's love, love that moves us and motivates us. It doesn't matter whether the message is popular or unpopular, liked or unliked. What matters is whether it has the Father's seal of authority and approval. Amen? Amen, Lena? (laughs) Amen, Vanessa? Amen, Barbara, Fran, Anne, Peter. (laughs) All right, 2 Timothy. This is our last verse here, and then we close. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke and courage with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will put up with, sorry, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn aside their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you that you're making messengers, messengers in this. In these last days, you're making messengers. You're pouring out your spirit so that your sons and daughters prophesy and speak your word. You're pouring out your spirit to make us so that we become the message. I pray that you would take this Uh, word, and that like a, a, a seal, you would press it on our hearts, that you would take this seal, you would press it on our hearts, and that we would bear your image and your likeness, Jesus, and that our hearts would be filled with your love. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've been saying and doing today. Be victorious in our life. Let us be bold and not be afraid to speak like Jeremiah was called to be bold, not to be afraid. You are with us and you will rescue us and you will give us the words and you will touch our mouths. And that's what matters, Lord. So raise up your messengers in this day, in this time, and continue to pour out your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.